everyone, and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk, and I am your host, Lila Winston. I hope that you have been good. I hope that God is blessing in your life. As you know, we come together to read and study in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it to our lives and also so that we can discover the purpose of our lives and enact that in the earth. So guys, I hope you have been well. I hope things have been going well. Um, I have been a bit busy, guys, um, but we are still moving forward. The train is still moving forward. Praise to the Lord. I thank you all for all of your prayers and any support that you're sending my way. I can honestly tell you I feel it. (laughs) So keep the prayers coming, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am praying for you, for every person that tunes into this Bible study, I'm praying for you. I also want to encourage you to take advantage of the um, free uh, Christian resources at lovewalk.substack.com. It's completely free. All you have to do is click on it, hit enter, download it, it's yours. And um, just go to lovewalk.com. Dot, S-U-B is in boy, S-T-A-C-K dot com. So it's lovewalk.substack.com. You can go there. You can find everything there, including copies of these Bible studies uh, in print form. And on top of that, we do have a YouTube channel, which we upload pretty regularly. Um, and you can go there. It is uh, Love Walk Fellowship. That's what it is. Love Walk Fellowship. And that's at YouTube. Just type it in you will be able to find snippets of uh, the Bible studies. uh, And also we're going to be uploading new stuff and that will be coming up. But I would just like to ask you guys patience on that one. So let's, without further ado, jump into today's Bible study. This is an interesting one. We have been having conversations, you know, recently about, you know, kind of working through purpose, working through what we're doing in our day-to-day lives, kind of practical application. And I want to note some things to you that I found it really kind of blew my mind. So I thought, hey, why not share this with everyone? It's an interesting study. So go ahead and grab your Bible. Our anchor text is going to be 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 6. It is 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 6. And I think this is a really interesting chapter that sort of popped out to me, this particular scripture. That is our anchor text. It's really small, but I'm going to read it now. It says, And his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. Because that's so small, I'm going to read it one more time. Second Chronicles chapter 17, verse six says, And his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. That's second Chronicles chapter 17 and six. Now, I've read this before, and I'm probably sure that you have too. And if you haven't, you know, Viola, this is your opportunity to do so. And I've never really noticed this part of the scripture. Sometimes, you know, like I said, we're so engrossed in the story or in what is, you know, the whole context of it. We kind of forget some of the pieces that are in there. But it really brought to my mind when I read this can you get your heart lifted up in the name of the Lord? Because we talk a lot about having the heart lifted up for pride, right? Like we have this concept in, you know, religious settings where your heart can be lifted up in pride. We know that's a terrible thing. You know, David prayed constantly, Lord, don't let the heel of pride come against me. I have to tell you, I pray that for every day too. Not because I'm just 
doing such amazing or fabulous things. I'm sure God believes that, but it's because I know that pride can creep in in any little thing, even things that don't really make sense, like in the most ridiculous things. And I feel like pride, it's, it's toxic because it's what happened with Satan and it's the way it kind of deceives you out of the real good stuff and it makes you go toward the fake. And so that is why I pray for that. So it made me very curious when I saw this verse because it's literally saying that his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. And so it led me to think, is it possible to, you know, have your heart lifted up in the name of the Lord? I mean, that's literally what it says. So is it saying he grew strong in heart and and, and high hearted on God? This was re- and that this was rewarded. I think this is really interesting too because if you read in context, and we're going to read a little bit more of it, if you read in context, it says his heart gets lifted up, and this guy starts showing out. He starts doing more stuff for God and even bigger stuff for God. It's almost like you know when he started getting high hearted in the ways of God, he started doing more things to please Him. What more things can I do to show you know uh, God honor? And I thought that was really great because it actually it actually says in this verse that he was rewarded for it. And so I think there's a place for heart, high heartedness in God. And I know that maybe you have never heard this before. And maybe this seems kind of, I don't, I don't want to say radical, but maybe just not really something that you've really put, you know, into your toolbox. And I can honestly say, because I'm just going to be honest, I've never heard of that myself either until I read this verse. Like, is it possible to get high on the Lord? And so I wanted to look and see, was I making a mistake about that? So I went and I looked it up and that word really does mean high. It means also locust, like a high jump of a locust. But what it means, and it's often used in the Bible to mean to be high, lofty, or tall, right? To be exalted of man in dignity and honor. To, encu- to be encouraged in the ways of the Lord. That's literally what the Hebrew word is meaning. And it's how it's used in context when this word is used in other places in the Bible. And I thought that was really interesting, right? And, and it made me start to having these questions like, do I know how to be encouraged in the ways of the Lord? And are we encouraging ourselves? You know, there's actually a scripture where David says he encouraged himself, right? He literally spoke to his own heart and said, you know, why are you disquieted within me? You know, my soul, he talked to his soul and I am encouraging you to talk to yourself. Yes, I am. (laughs) Just don't answer. That's what my mom used to say. It's okay to talk to yourself. Just don't answer. But the funny thing I'm trying to, the the point I'm trying to make, and I'm not trying to be funny. The important point I want to make is that you have to encourage yourself. And part of encouraging yourself, having this, this concept of God is only not only understanding how high and lifted up God is, but understanding that your heart may be lifted up in highness toward God. Like literally, you can feel a pride about God. That is huge. And that gives you encouragement. It encourages you to be encouraged in the ways of the Lord, to get your heart lifted up on the ways of the Lord, to say, you know, I delight, I'm happy, I'm high feeling when I do what is right in the name of the Lord. And if you want to, I feel like there's some practical examples in Psalms because literally I feel like the Psalms is about getting your, a good portion of them are about getting your heart high on 
God. And another uh, translation, I'm sorry, not another translation, but other meanings, it means to be proud. This word that is used in 2 Chronicles chapter 17 and 6, it also means to be proud. It means to mount up, you know, like a bird mounts up. Have you ever seen an eagle mount up? It's just the most amazing thing. I love to watch eagles. And the way they mount up higher and higher on the wind, it's just, it's the most majestic thing. And that I think is a, it's encapsulating both worship and praise, but it's also encapsulating what can happen with the heart as you mount up on the ways of God. Now, what are the ways of God? The ways of God, it is the things that he wants us to do and the ways that he wants us to live that honor him right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? It love the Lord, your God with all of your heart, mind, and spirit. You need to take pride in that. You need to take, these are the ways of the Lord, right? And love encapsulates all of the law. So if you love someone, you're not going to lie on them, right? You're not going to lie to them. If you love someone, you're not going to be trying to manipulate them. So it's literally mounting up on the ways of God, and your heart expanding in such a way. I think that is incredible because it's literally telling us that maybe you can be proud in God. Now we're going to jump back. Like I said, I want to give you just a bit more context. We're going to read the first five verses before our anger text because I want to give you just a bit more context so you can understand what was happening that this man suddenly has his heart lifted up in the ways of God. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. It says, And Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his stead and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Belim but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presence and he had riches and honor and abundance. Wow, that's really beautiful. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. And so, there's more to this chapter, but it's basically talking about the ways that Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah, because Judah sort of prospered and obeyed the Lord. It is by obeying the Lord that we grow, not only materially, but spiritually, right? We're seeing this idea of your heart being lifted up to God. That's something that's happening internal. We can't see that. There are also ways that we grow and God increases our capacity. We had a Bible study recently where we we looked over how when people were under the law, they would bring a bull or a a turtle dove or something and have it sacrificed. There was no way for them to actually improve as an individual. All they could do is cleanse their sins and go on. They couldn't, it, it was, it was ineffective in cleansing the conscience and making the conscience say, you know what? I told a lie before, I'm not going to do it this time, right? Like we can grow in the Lord, right? We can become mature believers. But back in those days, when you had to go slaughter a bull or a pigeon or something like that, you could only cover the sin. You could not be changed. And that's a huge departure, right? Like we have something new and powerful, and that's because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If 
we do not quench the Holy Spirit, right? And we do those things that the Lord asks us. So I think it's really important to understand that how, you know, these things sort of increase our spiritual capacity. And I want you to note he was in direct opposition to Israel. I know that sounds kind of funny right now, but just to give you a bit of background, the Hebrews had divided into two kingdoms, okay? And mostly the division was due to disobedience, right? And Israel was most often the least obedient, although they were there were some notable departures. But Israel divided the whole kingdom, right, that was under David. It divided and it became Judah and then Israel. And so the majority of the tribes were here with Israel. And then there were a few tribes here with Judah and basically, you know, Judah And they would do the right thing. Sometimes they wouldn't. And then they would kind of fight against each other. They would fight against enemies. So that kind of gives you some background. And so when we look at Jehoshaphat, we're looking at a man turning from what his, what uh, his forefathers had done. He's saying, no, I'm not going to walk in these um, terrible ways. I'm not going to oppress the poor. I'm not going to, you know, heed evil things and do things to people and places and you know, worship all these unknown gods and things like that. I'm not going to do that. And so he was rewarded for that, right? And it's notable to see that, that, that these people were actually divided along disobedience. Most often they fought against each other because one person was doing it right and somebody wasn't, right? And so one received God's favor while the other did not. And so they, what actually happened is that the Israelites a lot of times would get sold out to wickedness, to pagan worship, and they would refuse to follow the right way. But no matter, we don't want to focus on this, okay? I don't want to focus on this because... Whenever you do that kind of stuff, it always ends in calamity. We know that, all right, sin has a life cycle. We, we went over that. What I want to focus on, though, is Jehoshaphat for our purpose today when we think about the possibility of lifting up one's heart in the ways of the Lord. Because this passage mentions that his heart was lifted up in the Lord. And did you know that that was even possible like me? I did not know. And I know I had not originally seen this concept before, right? Like we've looked at scripture sometimes, a lot of times, and that's why I want to encourage you sometimes when you read the Bible, don't read a lot, just read a little bit and you can get a lot more out of it. And so I think sometimes I have overlooked things and I think it means that having that extra high confidence in the capacity of and power of God is what is being said. Do you have extra high confidence and, and, and trust in the capacity and power of God. And often our confidence is misplaced in this world. I have to say that we put it in ourselves. We put it in other people or even in possessions. And I just want to say having confidence in others is not necessarily wrong. It is a necessary skill after you, that person has demonstrated some level of trust You can put certain levels of confidence in people. And so we all have to put a small measure of trust and confidence in others and even in ourselves. Like there are certain things I'm confident that I can do. This doesn't mean I'm prideful and I'm lifted up. It just means I know I can do it. So that is why it's important to understand that we put our confidence in God. That's where the ultimate place our confidence should lie. But we do have places where that confidence lies in other places too. When you sit down in a chair, you're placing confidence that that chair isn't going to let you fall. But ultimately you should believe I'm putting confidence that I can sit in this chair and God is going to help it so that it doesn't let me fall. I want to show you something in Lamentations chapter three, verse 41. It says, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God 
in the heavens. I think this is a really beautiful scripture because it also talks about lifting up the heart. It talks about the believer, or I would say the Israelite, lifting up their their heart with their hands to God like an offering. And I think that's just a beautiful description. And I want to just make a note here about Lamentations. Lamentations is literally about a backsliding Israel, just doing debauchery, right? Treating people nasty and just doing nasty stuff to each other. If you read Lamentations, it will blow your mind. Hosea is another one. You're like, oh my God, they're doing that? Yes. And because of this, God can no longer, you know, sanction them. He can no longer keep a wall of protection around them. He has to step back. Like I said before, God isn't necessarily trying to smash you with a a hammer, And I'm just talking about believers today because back in the day, I think he did. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, he's not necessarily doing it. There's a sin cycle that happens, right? So once you put something out there, you can bet it's coming back. The point is, how do we mitigate that? And so that is what we see happening in Lamentations. And the prophet in Lamentation is trying to tell the, the Israelites, come on, let's come back to God. Let us lift up our hearts with our hands unto God in the heavens. And so it's showing us that we may lift our hearts to God. And there is a semblance here of deliberately lifting one's heart held in both hands to God. This idea that the very heart that we are warned to actually guard like a soldier, do you remember the Bible says guard your heart, right? We are encouraged to offer that heart to God. That's beautiful. It is a place where the heart is lifted We offer it unguarded to God. And I want to ask, are you guarded with God? That's the least place you should be guarded. Some people can talk all their business to their friends, their co-workers and associates. But when it comes to God, they're guarded. Do you not think God knows you better? Lift up your heart to God. So what does it mean to have a heart that is lifted in God? A heart raised up to heavenly and godly things that reflect the nature of our Father and the Father of Spirits. What kind of things make you happy? Do hurt, Does hurting people make you feel happy or seeing people fail or stealing from people or, uh, I don't know, uh, do honor, doing honorary things make you happy? That's not a heart that is reflective of the God that we serve. The God that we serve, he wants good, right? He wants people to be well. He wants people to be whole and unbroken. And so if you're taking delight in doing any of these things, that is not a heart that can be, that is not a heart lifted up, you know, in God. So when you want a heart lifted up in God, it is the things and the ways that reflect him. We did a Bible study recently too about, you know, being like God, you know, He is our father. So we want to reflect him. We don't want to be like wild, uncouth. Just, you know, when people see us, they're like, what is going on right there? We are a reflection of our father because the heart can be affected by good or bad. And so that is why it's important to always be lifting your heart to God. Get your heart lifted in God and to guard your heart from what is in this world because it can be affected by good or bad. And this is why I encourage others when embarking on new disciplines or, you know, maybe uh, you're trying to discipline a child to be careful to be gentle with yourself. You know, there are some people that say, I'm going on a diet and they go on this strict diet. They eat a cracker every morning and, 
they drink like a couple bottles of water and then they have to run for 50. If you like that sort of thing and that's good for you, great. But if it's punishing, you have to say, is this really going to help? God God requires some level of gentleness, right? He requires some level of, of good. That is what our heart needs. The heart needs gentleness. And I think this is so important, okay? Lamentations chapter 351. Yes, we're going back to Lamentations because it says something pretty interesting. It says, mine eye affects mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. And so basically, this is the prophet here saying that what he sees happening, what he sees the women doing in his city breaks his heart. What they're doing, the way they're living, the things that they're doing with their children, with their husbands, with their business partners, with their customers, with their friends, it's breaking their his heart. The ways in which they live and interact with each other, is it foul? Is it not nice? Is it, is it cruel? Whatever it could be, he says his heart breaks when he sees this, when he sees this. So I think it's important to understand that what one sees affects the heart. What do you show your children? about your walk with God that teaches them to lift their heart to God? What does your manner of life and behavior show your spouse or your friends or even your co-workers? Do you abide by peace or war? And we must not forget how we are affected by what we see, right? They're being affected, you're being affected, right? It's why people become hardened and callous based on the communities in which they live. If you go to a community that is just terrible, things are all kinds of corruption and theft and murder and whatever is going on, the people in there are going to be harsh. They're going to be hardened because of what their eyes see. Be careful what your eyes are seeing and how it affects your heart, right? And let me tell you, it takes work to be in an environment and not be affected by it. This is so important to understand. Don't think it's going to be you know, a skipping through the flowers. Even in the Bible, when it says we are in the world, but not of it, that in itself tells us there's going to be a huge challenge because how can you be in an environment and not have it affect you? How can you be in the water and not be wet? And that's essentially what God is asking us to do, to be in the water and not be wet. And apparently by the power of the Holy Spirit and our will to obey and to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and to push back our flesh and to follow what the Lord is telling us when it comes to our heart, when it comes to renewing our mind, when it comes to the things that we do, if we're obedient, then we can do it. But it is a whole process and it is not easy. It is not easy. It takes constant work and awareness. It is why the Bible says that renewing of our mind is so important It is saying renewing, not just renew your mind, you're good. Like you can just flip it over like a pancake and it's done. No, he's saying this is something that you have to consistently do because there's so much coming at you. You want to be careful what it is that you see, right? You might see a child or a family and they look wonderful on the outside, but if there's violence or something um, horrible going on in that family, you may not know that. 
They may keep that a secret, but you may see the outgrowth of it in their children and the behavior of their children, of how their children grow up and what their children engage in. This is because what a person sees is going to affect them. And we even have science behind this on trauma, PTSD, and so many other things. So what I'm saying isn't new. And what the Bible is saying right here has been around for years and decades and centuries. And it said that before science even spoke. I want to show you something in Psalms chapter 124, verse 7. Now, Psalms chapter 124 is one of my favorite Bible um, chapters ever, okay? But we're going to read verse 7 of Psalms chapter 124. It says, Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. I think that's just so beautiful. It is one of my favorite Psalms because it, because it tells a beautiful story that we often miss. The goal of saving is that your soul flies free. And we understand the connection of the soul, the heart, and the mind is the seed of man, while the spirit is the seed of God. But God wants even our soul to be free. Is your soul free? Let your soul free from that uh, rude co-worker. Let your soul free from that nasty mother-in-law. Let your soul fly free from that deranged, I don't know, ex. <laughs> Let your soul fly free from that bitter neighbor. Let your soul fly free. Let it go because God wants your soul free. That is what is most important to him. Everybody else can do whatever they want in the world. God wants your soul free, okay? It is why, and I have to say this, I made a choice years ago as a believer to not pretend with myself or God. I don't want to look happy and I don't want to look satisfied. I want to be content, right? Like, I'm so brutally honest with myself and open to God. You guys have no idea, right? Because I don't want to be a parrot. I don't want to be a fake. I want the real deal. I want my soul to fly free, right? There's so many people putting on a good smile, putting on a good show, but there's no freedom on the inside. There's no joy on the inside. Sometimes they just need a great round of applause for how well they pulled off that scene. And that is what I'm saying. God wants your soul to fly free. And that's something nobody can see. That's something only you can know within yourself. And I have found in the darkest winters of life, when I am honest and open, the Lord allows my soul to fly free like the bird in Psalms chapter 124 and 7. And that is why I want to encourage you about the heart. The heart isn't just a place where are you thinking naughty thoughts. It's the place where you can be free. A free soul allows a man in any situation to be free. And a bound spirit, a bound soul, ensures that a man who is free in all other aspects is bound. Learning to lift the heart to God allows the soul to fly free. Can you be glad in the Lord? Can you be grateful in the Lord? At awe of the Lord? At peace in the Lord? The proper care of the heart is important because it is easy to focus on making others think we are good. But God really 
really wants you to be good. So we have to be careful for the heart. The city of refuge of the Hebrews was a provision God made for the heart of man, and I will prove that to you. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 6, it says, Lest the anger of the blood pursue the slayer while his heart is hot and overtakes him because the way is long and slay him, whereas he was not worthy of death inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. And so the city of refuge was a place that the Hebrews made that a man could run to if he made a mistake and he killed someone. He would run to that city of refuge because he wasn't trying to hurt anyone. He wasn't trying to do anything wrong. He would run there so that he could be safe from what they called the avenger of blood. People get angry and upset when something happens, right? So there was this idea that a man would find out and he would come after this guy and slay him. But if he went to the city of refuge, he could not touch him. He would be safe there. And a caveat of the city of refuge is that if you laid in wait for your neighbor, if it was premeditated, right? If you hated your neighbor before you did something to them, you could not go to the city of refuge. Only a man who had made a mistake that wasn't really trying to do that could go to the city of refuge. Now, when we look at this, we think about blood and death and well it's about a killer and it's about the person who wants to kill the killer no it's about the heart because the reason that he they created the city of refuge was not only to protect the man who made an honest mistake but to protect the avenger of blood who was hot in his heart right he was angry he was so angry that he was ready to kill and he would have killed an innocent man and for god That man wasn't trying to do anything, so he was innocent in God's eyes. So God is protecting that there is no more bloodshed of the innocent by creating a city of refuge. And I want to tell you, whoever you may be, wherever you are, beware of the times and the days when your heart is hot. You may kill an innocent man, and maybe not with a sword, but maybe you might kill someone with your tongue with your actions, with your habits. You might kill a relationship or a friendship. You might kill a marriage. Anger can make you sin, and many things can make us sin. And we know that the wages of sin is death. So when your heart is hot within you, for whatever reason it may be, I want to encourage you to be careful. Look out for your heart. You know, We make it seem like it's okay for men to be angry and it's okay for women to be sad and cry. But the truth is, both should be looking out for their heart. It's not okay to always be mad. It's not okay to always be crying. The provision was not only for that innocent manslayer, remember that, who had no guile in his heart, but it was also for that avenger of blood whose heart would be moved by passion. Passion gets us, folks, whether it's passion of you know, romantic sword or passion of the anger sword. And so God protected both the innocence of the manslayer and the avenger of blood with the city of refuge. And this is where I want to encourage you to have the city of refuge in your being and in your actions with others. Sometimes just take a moment and get away, right? I see this as an encouragement to always take a moment alone, to reflect and to pray 
Don't be reactive. Time helps people cool off, so it is good for people on both sides. And maybe you might have offended someone. Maybe someone offended you. Take some time alone with God first and think about it. Reflect. Let God protect your heart by running into his place of refuge to reflect, to rejuvenate, and revive. Heart health is important, and we have the mandate to look after it. The human heart requires gentleness. We as humans require gentleness to be strong. And this is what David says in Psalms chapter 18, verse 35. He says, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. You know, the mistake a lot of people make when trying to make strong people, strong children, strong adults, is that they use harshness. They think harshness is going to make someone strong. That's absolutely wrong. The Bible tells us that gentleness makes a person great. Have you seen a great person? There's somewhere some gentleness was used in the area where they are are the greatest because someone was gentle to them. If you want to have a great child, a strong child, then treat them with gentleness. If you want to have a great servant that will become like a son or a daughter to you, then use gentleness. People forget that the Lord has made us in such a way that we respond to certain things. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a believer or not, right? It doesn't say, you know, only Christian people. No, God makes us in certain ways and we need that. Be gentle to children and they will be strong. They will be strong in adulthood. adulthood. And even science bears this out. Children that have gone through abuse and verbal abuse and all, they're not as strong they don't have a strong emotional or I don't know emotional toughness it's emotional toughness is developed through gentleness if you see someone who can is resilient who can stand under a lot of things a lot of times it's because someone was gentle to them in childhood not because they were harsh and that's the beauty of it God is going to take us as his children and show us gentleness. And I'm not saying be permissive to children. I'm not saying God is permissive. And I'm not saying don't discipline them. God disciplines us. He corrects us, right? Some things are very difficult. But a strong heart is made from gentleness in childhood. A strong heart is made in you by being gentle to yourself. What does the Bible say? When you want a stronger mind... He doesn't say go look at hard things, things being blown up, people being killed, violence. and No, he says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be anything praiseworthy, think on these, right? You want greatness, you want strength? He says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you see the gentleness there? I want you to be aware of your heart. Not just that you must guard it, but also how you are treating it daily. So I want to encourage you to get lifted. Lift your heart up to God with both hands and let your heart be lifted in the ways of God and magnify him for such great goodness that he has done. 
and learn to be gentle even with yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray God blesses you. Bye. services or products that you think would be edifying to the body of Christ, even if you also have a podcast and you'd like to advertise that here, I would be happy to share that with listeners. You can reach out to me, check out the link in the description, and you can also contact me um, at the link below. There's a little contact section and you can leave me a message. So thanks so much. Don't forget to follow me on social media and I at twitter.com forward slash one love live that's o-n-e-l-u-b-l-i-v-e thanks so much god bless and i look forward to hearing from you bye